To the Wimbledon Draw Show of No Challengers Remaining. I'm Ben Rothenberg, joined by Courtney Nguyen, shaking her paper. Always the cinema verite with you when it comes to this show and the real sound effects. I just want to make sure you get some good tape, you know. That's, you know, these are podcasts. These are things for the ears. I want to make sure we get the landscape. and Podcasts are a very visual medium, as they say. It's <laughs> yeah, true. It is. They do say that. Yeah, it, you use your mind's eye with, yeah. our, with our help. So our mind's eyes and our regular eyes are looking at these draws. Um, you were here for the draw ceremony. Thoughts? What your thir- first thoughts coming out of that that ceremony? Uh, my first thoughts were: I just don't understand why Wimbledon does it the way that they do it with the draw. Because, um, and this is going to be a situation where you're going to have to use your mind's eyes to understand what I'm, I'm discussing. But most draw ceremonies involve obviously the draw, the pulling of the chips, and a name is announced, and it's uh, you know told you tell they tell you what line that person is on. But usually you have screens that are next to it where you actually see the names go into the draw as we are used to seeing a draw. Okay. Okay. At Wimbledon, for some reason, they don't do this. What they do is they have a screen where there are all of the quarters lined up from left to right. Yeah, they just don't use the bracket lines. They don't use bracket lines. And so so you have whatever, one, two, three, four. It's like eight. It's eight columns. And they go, it's either, it's either. I think it's four columns. I think it's more than four. I'm almost positive it's more than four, but maybe it's four. But if it's four, it's fine. It's either four or eight. But it's like they just go across. So you can't, I don't know, conceptually, it's not how anyone ever sees a draw. Yeah. And so it just takes you a while. And I just feel like it's adding one more thing to covering a draw that I just don't need to deal with. <laughs> I don't like it. I don't like it. I don't like I it. I think I actually what I like about the Wimbledon draw ceremony is it's quick. It is quick. It is there is no foreplay the Wimbledon draw ceremony. There's no like let's talk about this wonderful tournament we have here. It's just like, hello, here's the draw. First up, line number one, Novak Djokovic. It pretty much is like that. Yeah, it's it really... just goes that fast. And that as someone who's got things to do, I was on my way to Qualies and did the draw was in and out done in a half an hour. But then it starts at ten AM, so then that does That's bug early. me. Because I'm like, <laughs> okay, it's only like it only takes about like seven to eight minutes to actually do the draw. Why do you need to start at ten AM? Like why can't you just start it at noon? We get in, we get out, it's fine, we could do it that way. That would be also good. I wouldn't mind that. Anyway, enough of our complaining. <laughs> Let's start with the draw. I mean this whole show is us complaining usually. But the draw. Good day. Uh you wanna start boys or girls? Up to you. Uh, let's do boys. Okay. Uh, just, just sitting on top of my stack of sheets here. Novak Djokovic, defending champion, uh, starts against James Ward. Uh, the Brits, that's my main takeaway, was the British dudes, especially for the girls, didn't get off great either. But the dudes got hosed. All the unseated Brits got terrible jokes. I'm just going to skip ahead. Skip ahead and do that. We'll get to Brexit. <laughs> um, James Ward gets Djokovic. Kyle Edmund gets Manorino, but then Djokovic second round. Uh, Alex Ward, who is a player apparently, gets David Goffin. Um, Marcus Wiltz was a qualifier, so he was different. He was in the draw ceremony. Um, uh, shout out to Marcus Willis. Cartman, by the way. Liam Brody gets Andy Murray. So, I mean, they all got, like, horrendous draws. Yep. That's not good. No, it's not. It's definitely not Did ideal. I that, Did I say, oh, and Bryden Klein gets Mahout, who's a great grass yes, player. Yes, of course. Yeah. yeah, no, definitely not ideal. Uh... You know, I, I mean, the players that I feel more particularly bad for would be Kyle Edmund and um, and uh, uh, Liam Brody, just because I think that they probably are of a quality that would 
get them James Ward as well, obviously, that could get them into a second round. And obviously, Kyle Edmund can get into the second round. He would just have to potentially face Novak Djokovic in that second round. And um, yeah, Ward, and I like Ward. Kyle Edmund. I, I just like the way that he plays and just the way that he conducts himself. So that's kind of a bummer. I like gingers. It's fine. Um, who is the uh, Bedenay's in here too? I just want to see Bedenay's name. He's not popping for me. Bedenay also got a crappy draw. Uh, Dan Evans. Bedenay gets Gasquet, who made the semifinals last ah, year. Yes. He's a great Gasquet yeah, player. That's right. And Dan Evans. Uh, Struff. That's not the he worst. Got yeah, of the all worst. the players that got that were in the main draw from Britain that got like an okay draw, Dan Evans. Dan Evans and Andy Murray. Because we're just being argue. very tennis podcast talking about British players first off the bat. Uh, love you, tennis podcast. The uh, we're gonna back off. We're gonna we're gonna seed ground back well, over to what, the what tennis I was gonna podcast. say is that Dan Evans actually has had or maybe still has. I think he needs a lot of cataclysmic things to happen. An outside shot at Rio, making the Olympics. I did remember. I, th- yes. I think if he yeah. had done really well in that whatever that grass challenge he was playing in Manchester, maybe the last week of the French Open, he would have because of all the pullouts that are happening in Rio, he would have gotten in. And I just would have kickstarted the hell out of an Evo Does Rio documentary film crew. <laughs> oh my goodness! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So okay. anyhow, off the Brits, uh, Djokovic, his draw is good. I mean, he gets um, draw to the quarterfinals is good. I mean, I mean, he's his high seed. He plays for the quarters. It's Ferrer who I wouldn't even think would make it that far necessarily. He's had a very rough stretch. Yeah, Ferrer he has. and Grass is never he hasn't his been best. the same. David. Yeah. Uh, so overall, no huge, no huge scares. I don't think Rosal. Or query third round. I mean, Russell especially has done things here. Could do things again. Um, overall, not too worried, except for he gets two players who I thought were on the short list of players who could beat him potentially in the quarterfinal, which would be Milos Ronic first and foremost, and then Kevin Anderson, who took him five this year. That's the kind of player I've always thought that those kind of big hitters, Ronic and Kyrgios especially, were the two I pointed to, were the threat to Djokovic here. So we'll see if he get when we get there. We'll see what happens. Yeah, I think everybody's very big on that potential Raonic Djokovic quarterfinal. I'm not sure I, I'm too big on Kevin Anderson at the moment just because he hasn't, he hasn't playing particularly much, yeah. well and he's coming off of uh, surgery. So he's just not the Kevin Anderson that we know and adore. So um, I, I don't think that, that he's going to be too much of a, of a threat in this section. Yeah. David Goffin, obviously, in here as well. Jack Sock, who hasn't really played a ton. Sock uh, Golbus is a fun Yeah, Sock Golbus is one of the fun, you know, circle that Golbus sort of was things. practicing with uh, Djokovic today, right on court 14, next to us where we are, out on the grounds. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> no, sorry. I was about to sneeze. So I was just being silent. But yeah. You okay? Mm. Okay. Um, yeah. Otherwise, I think. I mean, with, jo- with Djokovic in the ATP these days, I mean, it's just not worth almost not. Worth, I want to say not worth talking about, but he's going to be fine. I mean, he's just such a bankable. Dude. Yeah. I mean, Roundich is a big. I mean, yeah. in, in the in the grand scheme of things, if you look at these draws, you know, objectively, Novak's sec- Novak's top half is much more loaded than Andy Murray's bottom half. Mm-hmm. Um, so, in a, and you could say this about both the men's and women's draws. They're both very much kind of Paris redos. <coughs> there it is. Um, they're very much uh, Paris redos in a lot of ways and in terms of, like, Novak. Uh, obviously, in Paris, he didn't have a tough draw, as it turned out, but it looked yeah. like he was going to yeah. before all of the withdrawals and the, and, the, and the losses and things like that. So um, it's kind of the same thing this time with Roundage being a potential danger in the quarterfinals. Federer, obviously, Nishikori, uh, you know, in that uh, that other quarter. But do we, are we all that confident in some of the names that are in this top half? I'm not entirely sure outside of Roundage. Um, speaking of Ronich, he got a very slight bump in the seeding formula up to number six. Uh, just 
as a philosophical question, how do you feel about the seeding formula, the Wimbledon weight, grass weighting? I like it. I, I think it. I think more tournaments should be subjective. I think it makes the seedings a point of conversation, which they never are anywhere else, even if it's not as subjective as it look. I mean, it's still a math formula like any other mm-hmm. rankings determination. I like it. I think more tournaments should do it. I think the women would be, I would like to see them do it here too. I agree. I, I think that it's really weird that they only use the, the formula for the men. I don't see why you wouldn't also use it for the women. Uh, I believe, I remember, if I, I think that it's like something like the WTA Player Council didn't vote it through initially or something. Okay. But I just don't get why, yeah, I don't get the difference because there certainly are grass court specialists and grass court benefiters and haters yep. on the women's side too. I mean, there's no reason at this tournament why Coke of Andaway should be seated below Sarah Ronnie. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, for sure. Like a Sam Stozer who can't, yeah. who hasn't made it past the third round here ever. So, uh, yeah. I mean, I would, I would like to see that, especially on a sh- such a shortened season. I obviously like wouldn't first. I wouldn't say that I would want something like that for like clay <coughs> because we have enough uh, data points and, di- and points on offer that you know your ranking is pretty much where it should be by the time the the French Open rolls around with the amount of clay yeah. tournaments. But I, on I, grass, I would like to see it a little more and. It would also encourage players to play more tour events on the grass. So it would give you incentive, you know, from a, from a tour level perspective, as I do work for the tour, I would say, like, it would give the WTA players an incentive to play Nottingham, Eastbourne, Birmingham. If there was a Sir Togan, Bosch, whatever, if there was an actual benefit to it aside and apart from you know, the ranking points and the money and stuff. And we yeah. do have a lot of players, I mean, on the women's side that, that do skip, not a lot, but but quite a few. I mean, I think at least uh, five seeds go into this tournament completely cold. Mm. So, you know, without playing a lead-up event. Including both Williamses, who are both very exactly. much in play here at this tournament. Sloane yeah. Stevens as well. Mm. Um, Simona Halep, although that wasn't her fault. She p- tried to play Birmingham and couldn't. But, you know, there, there's a good, a good number. All right. Next question of this draw, after the djokovic Ronich quarter, features Roger Federer. <laughs> who is restarting his Grand Slam consecutive streak at one, assuming he makes it onto court at this tournament, which we have every Gotta indication. Gotta crawl before you walk, buddy. <laughs> every indication that he will, after having been 65 straight slams before the French Open withdrawal. Uh, he's a good start. He plays uh, Guido Pea, and then the winner of Brankus, Willis. I hope Willis makes it there. Willis is a lot of fun. And actually, speaking of qualifiers like Marcus Willis, let's cut to audio I got from the referee's trailer at Roehampton. If you ever wanted to hear what qualifiers being placed and lucky losers being drawn sounds like, here you go. Okay, first one, 9-6, number 11. 11 is Bevelman. Number 6. Line number 19. Number 9. Roger Vettelan. Line 19. Okay. Line 36. Yula. Number 15. 15 is Willis. Line 36. Uh, line 45. Mira, number 1. Mira, 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 mira. Number 1. Francangelo. Line 45. Uh, next line is number 52. Nishioka, line 52. Starring voices of Jerry Armstrong and Donna Kelso and things like that. The legend. In there, drawing poker chips. The legend, Donna Kelso. Past NCR guest, I want to say on 150, the day five Australian Open episode with Donna Kelso. She's legendary. Highly recommend her in that episode. Um, yeah, so Federer gets through. I don't think Dolgopolov hasn't, I thought he'd be better on grass. We looked at his results. He actually hasn't been all that great on grass in his career. Uh, Gilles Simone, Gail Mafis, also guys who don't love grass. Uh, Shardy and Dimitrov are also in there as possible fourth-round opponents. 
But overall, I think Roger's got to be pretty happy with where he fell. And he gets Nishikori as his high seed going all the way forward to the quarters, or Chilich. Um, Nishikori especially doesn't love grass, so right. I think Roger's got to be very happy here. No, I mean, it's, it's as good a draw as I think Roger could have asked for, in ter- other than the fact that he's in Novak's half. Exactly. Uh, but, uh, but yeah. The quarter's great. Yeah, the, the quarter's great. It should give him some time to, to play through and to, um, you know, get some matches under his belt and to, you know, put aside any concerns about his back and all that sort of stuff. He should have in the first, you know, two, three matches um, an opportunity to play into form. And and that's what you want to see for players who are struggling. You want to see them get draws where they're not drawing a, I don't know, even if he drew like a Dimitrov in the first round, yeah. that the, even with Grigor struggling, that's that's not fun. That's that's no. not good. You got to play well, you know. So so this is this is good for Raj. Yeah, no, and I definitely I think Wimbledon, Wimbledon seems to have a history of having really sort of tough first I don't know why it is, but I remember more tough first rounds. I remember there was like a uh, Djokovic played Florian Meyer here, who's a good, and just there, there were, and there were floaters in this draw, and we'll get to Florian Meyer when we get to the, in the next quarter, because he is unseated and playing Dominic team first round, spoiler. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, but there, there were obstacles here. Elsewhere, if it's not Federer in this section, um, if for whatever reason Federer, he still has some question marks about his health, he didn't play spectacularly in uh, Stuttgart or Halle. I mean, in Halle, his movement was definitely limited, and he was making a lot more ground stroke errors on fairly routine shots than normal. If it's not him, I would pick Chilich. I mean, I think Chilich is should be a very bankable, reliable grass court player. He's not going to get, not going to, he's a very, you know, comes and does his Chilichy thing on grass. I would like him against Nishikori if they both made it that far. See, I go, I go K. Against Chilich on yeah, grass? I'll go, I would go K as my backup if, if Roger doesn't make it out of this section. Uh, pick, uh, personally, but yeah, I mean, it, I mean, if Roger goes out, it's pretty open. It's a, it's a tough one to call. I mean, you, there's, there's arguments to be made, you know, for a lot of these players, whether it's even, I mean, I know Monfils or Dolgopolov or Simon, you know, they don't love the grass, but they're perfectly, they're perfectly good on the grass. You know, I mean, they're not, they don't, they're not crap on it. So, you know, with these draws, they could absolutely make it through to make it uh, into the quarters. Not that there's any sign he could, but it would also be a hell of a chance for Grigor Dimitrov to turn his recent years around. Uh, by yeah. making a run here, there's there's spots. There's spot. I mean, if Dimitrov, if Dimitrov, <laughs> I, I, I hear your tone, but but Dimitrov, <laughs> Dimitrov can make it to the fourth round and can, if Federer's not at his best, is not the most ridiculous thing I've ever said. Maybe it is. I'm not sure. Bottom half. This is the one that jumped out at me immediately. The first round because I was in Hollywood. This was a semifinal match that Florian Meyer won in straight sets over Dominic Team in the eighth seed. Team does not have very much grass swag at all. When you talk to him, he was pay- playing very confidently at the start of Hala, having just was on a winning streak. Was playing played so much tennis. Um, obviously, everyone knows he plays all the time. He's probably playing right now, even though it's no tournament. <laughs> I'm sure, he's finding a spot. Um, he's playing an exhibition at the Boodles, which is an exhibition. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Florian Flory Meyer uh, is dangerous, so that's one big seed. To work. If you see a high seed going out very early from the men, I think Meyer over Team. Although you got to look at Meyer. Meyer's a tricky player. Yeah, I mean the thing about Dominic Team that I was fi- I find interesting is like obviously he has he deserves every single amount of like hype and respect that he he has absolutely earned it with blood, sweat, and tears in 2016. Just what he's been able to do this year. But I do think that like. You know what going off a little bit about what you said about his prowess on grass he doesn't have much grass court swag he was playing well because he's just playing good tennis exactly. right now yeah. and it has nothing to do with like his ability to like figure out the surface and he's like super heck of good on it now yeah. uh that's not really necessarily the case I, and admire somebody who loves the surface yes is where that that plays, yes. plays against him yes and yeah. but i think i don't know best of five i kind of like dominic team there 
Yeah, I would, I would lean team too, yeah, but would, it's tough. I, but it's tough. It, it definitely is not a play yourself into it sort of match. He's going to have to be on his toes, especially because that slice is going to come from the Florian Meyer. It's just so weird. It was a lot of fun. Funky flow. I, we didn't talk, I, we didn't talk at all about Floyd Meyer winning Holla, I don't think, on the last show. Um, but I was there for Floyd Meyer winning Holla. It was just cool. It was this complete out-of-nowhere title for this guy ranked 192, I want to say. Um Former top 50 player. Former top 50 player yeah. and former quarterfinals here a couple, at least once. Yeah. And had done well here before. Um, but just this t- biggest career title coming at a time when he'd probably more or less given up hope forever having yeah. a biggest career title. It was it was a cool moment. It was a cool sort of underdog, unlikely uh, scene well, in, and in this uh, ATP world that we don't get many that's what stories I was say. like that. It was a very golfy story. <laughs> it was a very, or WT story, you know what I mean? Sure. It, you know, it seems like we, that happens on our tour, like all the, you know, every every month somebody wins a tournament where you're like, holy crap, that happened. Yeah. Uh, so it, it was really nice. And just to see the emotion from Florian Meyer, that was pretty sweet. Yeah, no, it definitely was. But there's a lot of other fun names in this section. Uh, obviously, in, in what would be... Uh, Team and Alexander Zverev, Sasha Zverev, have incredible magnetism towards each other. It's becoming almost like a um, a Burdich Anderson situation. But they always <laughs> just because they couldn't have gotten any closer to each other in this draw than they are. Uh, they play each other a lot. Uh, and and speaking of Burdich, Burdich is in there as a possible third round against Zverev to play whoever comes out of that team section, be it uh, Meyer team or uh, probably just those two. Uh, are you really the, not going to say Joao Souza? I don't think Joao Souza is going to make the. I'm kidding. Third round of Wimbledon Grass. I'm kidding. Okay. I'm no, kidding. The lovely young man. He's seated. Number he 31. I'm just 31. saying he's, 30, he's seated. No, and he's, he's, he's the indoor, well, indoor court, so it's not mm-hmm. like grass should be the worst for him, but I don't think he has the pedigree to get hype. Um, so, otherwise, in this section, the other, this other part of it's a lot of fun, too. One of the biggest first round matches uh, is Tomic Verdasco. Uh, they played in Queens and it was close, and Tomic's playing really well on, in, on grass so far and seems to have a in terms of the Bernie cares, you know, meter, which I feel like would be like one of those graphic things, like a thermometer kind of thing. I mean, it's a decently high mercury levels right now. Uh, and uh, that's, this is also a section where Stan Wawrinka is and can play Del Potro uh, second round after playing Taylor Fritz, Taylor Fritz first round. Uh, Fritz, I'm not sure, is right, has shown enough at ATP level consistently this year to be an upset threat. But it'll but be interesting. He's serving to, well. It'll be interesting to see how he handles the occasion. Nothing else. It'll be his first real slam match against a big player. That's cool, and he was in the junior semifinals here last year, so it's remarkable to think of how fast he's okay. rising up this, which just doesn't happen on the men's side almost ever, to see someone make the jump that fast. Um, yeah, so uh, I guess thoughts on any of those people I just reeled off? You don't have to. We'll see. I mean, Stan didn't have a good Queens, and so he's never, Wimbledon's never his forte. Yeah, it's, it's a hard one, this section, because I don't think that... It's a weird uh, one. Yeah, it's a little bit weird. It, it's... Um, it's kind of a wait-and-see section. I I'm, I'm really wouldn't go out on a limb for any of these guys. You know who... Not that I would go out on a limb for anybody, but, you know, one person who I think is not worth ignoring in this section is Burdich. I mean, I could easily see Burdich making semis out of this section. Okay. And then what? Then he'll lose. <laughs> but it's okay. Is it? <laughs> Such so, so No, I mean, I'm saying... I'm sorry with Thomas Burdich. I'm sorry. He's very good at tennis. He's, not this year. He's not been good. No, he's not. But he's very good at tennis. He's uh, His longevity in the top 10 has been tremendous. He's been pretty much, like, always there, always there, always there. But there just comes a point where it's like, why is this? Like, what's the point of it all? Believe me, I've said the same thing before. <laughs> I know. But I just... I'm just saying he can make Basically, you know what? You know what? I'm starting to transfer a little bit of what the collective NCR feeling was towards David Ferrer, towards Thomas Burdick. 
I like, grew, you're super I grew good. Together. I put them together in that Yeah, sense. like, you're yeah. super good. You're always right there. But now they're Every both... once in a while, you'll get a really big win. I'll be super stoked for you. But at the end of the day, to what end? <laughs> All right. Uh, bottom quarter now, it features Andy Murray at the bottom of it, obviously. It's the high seed here. He faces another Brit. We mentioned Liam Brody first. Uh, the rest of his draw is not too bad. Uh, tough fourth round for him. Regardless, he has a bunch of possible... This this section, I'm just going to go down a little bit. This section that is of Murray's potential fourth round opponents is loaded with fun players. Um, Nick Kyrgios plays Radek Stepanek first. Love that. Like, very very fun. excited. And Kyr- Nick Kyrgios is excited about it too because he knows it'll be like a flashy, nonsensical kind of match. A winner of that could play Dustin Brown, which would be a lot of fun. Ooh, Sim- simil- similar that. sort of thing. Cool. And then also in the section is Feliciano Lopez. It's a very... Uh, knows what he's doing on a grass court. And if you want to throw in uh, Rajiv Ram, who's a couple-time Newport champion and plays a serve and volley throwback game that works well on the grass could be a potential upset against Lopez if he's not on his best there uh, so that's just a very fun section to play Murray uh, yeah so Murray and Murray then gets possibly we'll see how it all depends on how Songa's injury is I think and see if he's relevant here otherwise Gasquet yeah there's Murray's got a tough 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 uh, middle of this tournament I think the first week yeah, is I was okay say, the first week's all right, his yeah. middle could be tough or it could not be there's also that option I'm just all about making sure that all sides are represented. That's what I'm here for. <laughs> the This Might Suck side has been well voiced by you cool. in this last few minutes. So cool. we appreciate all of that deflation. You're welcome. Uh, you're welcome. I'm in a mood. <laughs> your, your enthusiasm has just Brexit in this tournament. Uh, okay. Overall, big picture thoughts. Anyone, do you see Djokovic winning this tournament? Do you see any reason why he won't? Um, Put it that way. Well, I mean, the reason why he wouldn't, to me, would be Raonic. Yeah. I think Raonic would be the reason why Novak doesn't win this tournament. Uh, outside of that, I, I don't see it. I don't even see a situation where a quarterfinal slash semifinal would do the whole tag team, knock Novak out, and soften him up for whoever comes out of the bottom half. I just don't see a semifinalist, potential semifinalist opponent there that could really drag him into something that would be uh, the physically grueling one. I mean, I better. Oh, Raj, yeah. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> I, I just, I, I guess on some level, I'm just not really, uh, as much as, you know, we talk and we sit through and we analyze this draw and we say, oh, this looks pretty good for Roger and he couldn't have gotten a better draw. I'm just not convinced he's making the semifinals. No, I don't think so. Okay. That's, that's no, why I, wasn't, I did, it wasn't either. Yeah, yeah, no, no. That's why it didn't even occur to me. I was like, going back and forth between Chilich and Nishikori for some reason in my yeah. head. Also um, options. But yeah. yeah, yeah. But I just, yeah, I don't really see that. So, so no, Novak is still the heavy favorite, I think, to, to go ahead and win it all. And, uh, you know, Andy, like you said, middle middle section could be, middle of the tournament could be pretty tough. But, um, you know, it still seems to be about one and two. Ladies. Also about one and two. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> uh, Serena Williams is the number one at this tournament, which is, I assume, up for grabs at this tournament. It is? It is, yeah, because this is the only grand slam she's still defending yep. after having not successfully defended the previous three of her Serena slams. And I'm pretty sure that, that the, the, the chase would have to be... I haven't looked at the, the well anyways i'll yeah. leave it okay uh yeah so she her early draw i think her first two rounds are pretty non-eventful she plays amra sadakovic in the first round who's a very interesting story i uh, hope somebody writes it i don't know too much about it to tell you it right now but i've heard it's a great story <laughs> uh you know swiss comeback from retirement bachinski esque but with a macedonian twist in there somewhere uh so all that's good and then wild card Hentikova or christina McHale. christina McHale's played Serena tough mm-hmm. this year, but uh, she's I would... played two really tough sets against Serena, 
Uh, sadly, those came in separate matches, so yeah. she wasn't able to get the win. Uh, usually tailing off at some point, but yeah, I mean, Christina's and, been playing. And well. Grass wouldn't you wouldn't think no. would be Mikhail's favorite. No. Uh, so, yeah, then Mladenovic rematch, possibly third round, which would be a rematch of their very tough third round. Uh, definitely that one set the and what was the straight sets win for Serena in Paris, but a eventful one. Kiki won't have the uh, French crowd on her side this time, but I think the grass suits her pretty well. I mean, she can boom serves and hit the ball hard. Yeah, and I think that the way yeah. that she plays, she could get the, the crowd on her side just with some of the variety and some of kind of the flash and dash that sometimes she kind of injects in her game, you know, the the Gallic flair, as they call it. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, Serena's section and uh, draw is just full of kind of familiar names, players that she has played multiple times before that that she is going to be very, very familiar with. And I think that's actually a really good thing for Serena in this situation. You know, obviously opening round doesn't know anything about uh, her Swiss opponent, but obviously Heather Watson potential uh, is in there, uh, uh, who was two points away from beating her yeah, right. last year. Mladenovic, obviously, at the French Open. You got Sloan up in yeah, there. Yeah, fourth round. Sveta in there. Sloan, yeah. Sveta, and the first round between Sveta and Wozniacki is the highlight of the women's Oof. first round. Oof. Uh, so that'll poor be Caroline. <laughs> or poor Sveta. I don't know. I mean, I mean Caroline Car- was playing better. Caroline played better in Eastbourne, right? She did. She yeah. did play better in Eastbourne. But we were talking, Caroline, Caroline was talking to the press, and uh, I believe it was Roz Sattar of Britwatch Sports. Who, hey, Roz. Hey, Roz. Uh, who asked Caroline, you know, about the upcoming Wimbledon draw. And, you know, you've you've had some pretty tough luck at those draws. And Caroline kind of just had this eye roll of just like, seriously, I can't understand how I've received the draws that I got as the number five player in the world. Like, and she, you know, when she was pulling Azarenka, like at every major, like in the first two rounds and going out. That and it's her first time being unseated in major yeah. in uh, over over eight years, yeah. about eight years. I think. And so yeah. and, she, and she gets Sveta, uh, which, you know, not not definitely not easy there. Uh, but uh but I don't know. I, I was a little bit more confident with Caroline in what I saw in Eastbourne. She she seemed to be getting it together. Uh, and then in this other part of this Serena quarter, I think this is, for me, all about Coco Vandaway. Mm. Coco Vandaway is in here, which I said a sleeper pick was someone I said should have had her seed bump. But she didn't. But she got a, luckily for draw integrity, <laughs> uh, she received one of the less threatening seeds on grass in the third round, which is uh, Roberta Vinci. As much as I'm, as much as the people just looking at seeds going to be like, oh, Vinci Serena rematch, which I am all here for at some point. I need a, yeah. I need a rematch of that at some point. Probably not here. No. U.S. Open, let's do it. And maybe but, when Vinci uh, is feeling good about her game and not like feeling down about it, which she kind of is. So yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, but I think Coco can make this quarter. I mean, the other player in here of no, the other high seed in here is Samantha Bachinski, who did make Wimbledon quarters last year. Mm-hmm. But you wouldn't think this would be her most comfortable surface. I would love to see a Bachinski Coco. Oh, that'd round. be fun. That'd be a good, really fun That'd match. be really, really fun, yeah. yeah. So, and Allison Ritt, another upset potential. Allison Risk not playing great right now, but loves grass against Vinci first round in terms yeah. of the high seed to go out on the on the first round. And that's, that's really one, one circle. And that's really one of those that I would actually put as upset watch, less because of Allison and more because of Roberta. I just okay. don't think that Roberta's playing particularly well right now. I don't think that she's uh, very confident uh, in her game uh, and doesn't really love grass, even though her game would ostensibly be kind of great on this surface in a lot of ways. But but she doesn't love it. So um, yeah, it's a weird disconnect with grass. Like a lot of players who even because I think I think Vinci won Sir Tokenbosch once mm. and so she has had moments where grass she figured it out at least for a week uh, but a lot of players on grass just sort of you know it's it's the biggest mental block I think even more than clay just because it's such a fluke no one grows up on grass as their like primary surface uh, yeah it's it's always a thing that's like more mental I think once you've and a lot of players find, find that switch to loving it just incredibly rusty or hard to switch. Yeah, I mean, it's an interesting one because when you talk about the clay season, you'll when you talk to the players about lead-ups, they'll be very adamant about 
oh, I just need to get some wins. I need to get some results, feel confident, try and win a title, et cetera, et cetera. When you talk about grass, people literally talk about it in, in terms of like, I need hours on this surface. Like, like I, like even like when they go and they play Birmingham or they go and play uh, Queens or they go and play Eastbourne, they're like, I'm just, I'm just looking for matches. I'm looking to practice. I'm here to like practice on the surface. I just need to stand on it yeah. and hit tennis balls for hours. And that isn't, you know, they don't always get that. So it's, it's definitely different, you know, it's a different mentality. And even, you know, somebody like uh, Mugarutha making the final here last year, she still is like, I don't really like it. No, I sure. don't feel comfortable. About it's it. a lot of movement, even for players who yeah. you don't love it, just because you can't, because it can get greasy in spots where it's not as worn down. If the only, you know, on a on a on a hard court or a clay court, you can run around and be a bowling ball and just sort of just like yeah. cur- cur- carry them into different things and just run at full speed. Here you have to sort of just the way you step. You You've can seen see players it. You do see people it. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Uh, decelerate. Exactly. Which you never see people decelerate on any other surface. Yeah. They they go accelerate and then they hit the brakes and they let their body do whatever it does. Obviously, you can't do that here. So you see them sprint and you see very careful steps. Yeah. And I think it was, um, I think Petra was saying that that the one thing that's always weird for her when she transitions onto grass because she practices on fast hard courts and low bouncing hard courts, so she's used to the pace, but. Um, she feels like because of the give of the grass, you know, she, she kind of just, you never feel explosive. Exactly. You, you always feel like you're just kind of leaning and then stepping and Very slowly. Very stoopy. Yeah. It's, yeah. A, it's a hard one people, to explain, you people know. People who've watched grass court tennis know what we're or talking about. Or just go about. run on yeah. your lawn. Like, go do go try and do interval sprints on your lawn without and wearing, see how you move. Without wearing cleats. I mean, like in yeah. soccer and every other sport that's on grass really play, play, at least in the u.s i think but like you run and yeah. then you have to like decelerate yeah. and then and then slowly kind of like can i stop here on this one no i'll take two more you know it, it's the movement's so difficult so this they're, they're just looking to clock in hours on this stuff uh speaking of petra she's in this next next this next quarter which is headlined by uh, agnesha radvanska uh, radvanska is uh i think good first week and then second fourth round looms top with the yeah. three very tough players Maybe even four. I would th- I would throw uh, Puig in there as, as a sleeper. Yeah, if, if Puig makes sure. fourth round, she will be dangerous. Yeah. Um, but Sybil Kova, who just won Eastbourne earlier today, as we're recording this on Saturday, uh, Jeanine Bouchard is in there as fourth round too. And this Kanta Puig first round is another. That very little tough section first is round. a brutal one. It's I mean, really brutal. You got, yeah, Sybil Kova, Lucic, Baroni, Gavrilova, King Wang, Eugenie Bouchard, Rabarakova, Puig, and Kanta yeah. all in one section. Rabarakova has won Birmingham. I mean, yeah. like she's can do. Yeah, so she's this is, injured and she's not going to do anything here. But no. like she's, you know, she has the pedigree on the. She stuff. has the yeah. pedigree on the stuff. Yeah, so she got to actually give Jeannie fits if she's if she's up to again. If she's up we to saw it. how we saw how out of form she was yeah, in, Paris, in Paris against Serena. Against Serena, yeah. So uh, maybe just a, you know a protected ranking first round prize money situation. We don't know. We'll yeah, see how has that played just a handful of matches since uh, India Wells or Miami. So it's been a really long time. Yeah, um, but Radvanska, you think Radvanska makes it out of this uh, eighth to the quarterfinals? I think it's a really, really, really tough section. I still think that she does. I think that the but there are landmines. I mean, you know, even Domi, even a third rounder against Caroline Garcia, who won the Mallorca Open, playing well. Um, you know, played yeah. well against Radvanska in there at the French Open, lost in straight sets, but she Aga played, played really well. well. That, that match. was a sick match from Aga. Probably the, her best match of the tournament was against Caroline. So, you know, if, if Caroline Garcia has that swag and she's what won two tournaments in her last three now, uh, you know, it's it's uh, she's in a good spot. The the French woman. So, I think that that that'll be a tough one in that third round. I think. You know, obviously, if she plays the bulk of, I think that's going to be really, really tough. Uh, that's like low key one of the best rivalries in WTA. Yeah, Radvanska Sibolkova. Yeah, it really is. <clears throat> I'm just into it, and they yeah. have. It's been. It's gone both ways. It's unpredictable. 
I don't yeah. know if I played on. I can't remember a grass match. So I, I don't I would remember be, one. Be but but yeah, I mean, I, yeah. I, I maybe I'm talking myself out of it uh, with respect to Radvanska making it out of that quarter. But I think it is it, it is really 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 tough. And one of the interesting things about this quarter with Bencic down at the bottom at the number seven seed, who's still coming back, opens against Prankova, obviously very tricky. Yeah. But it's kind of one of those things where if like if I thought that Bencic was like playing at her best, I might actually tag her to make it out of this section into the semi into the semifinals. But uh, I don't think that she's playing particularly well yet, still coming back from injury. Uh, but the section, because the winner of that Parankova Bencic match plays like a, qu- a qualifier. Um, and, uh, and yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's a pretty soft section there with uh, Petkovic as well, who isn't playing that great on the grass. Better than usual grass season, but still not good by her standard. Had to battle for yeah. over five hours to beat Arani and uh, somebody else, grass Chinese player. Okay. A Chinese player. Sai Sai. It was high side. It was high side. Yeah. So yeah. So and this other section we haven't talked about in here though is pretty loaded. I actually had I hadn't even noticed Makarova in there until just now yeah. looking at this. Makarova. So Petra, who's a two-time champion here, let's remember. Uh, she and only two years ago, let's remember. Uh, she opens against Kirstea, who's playing much better this year. Uh, and then very tricky. And then Makarova, and then Stritsova, who's done well on grass, very well. Birmingham finalist. Exactly. And quarterfinalist here past years ended Lina's career just over yeah. there in court one. Yeah. Uh, say it. Uh, yeah, so Stritsova, Stritsova, Kvitova, I think this is a, I think it's just a fun section. Yeah. Even, even we'll mention in this, in the soft, neb, uh, I don't, we don't have a good word for this group of octet down here at the bottom of the Vesnina half. Vesnina Pashik? Vesnina Pashik, exactly. And I think Pashik, with how much those other players hate grass, even though I watched Pashik and she wasn't like great at qualifying, but she made it through. She beat on this wild match against uh, Lavachkova in the final round. I think it was 10-9 retired in the third. Oh, poor Andrea. Andrea was struggling. It was, it was a completely ridiculous match. Pashik had match point in the second set, couldn't convert, went three, Vlachko went up 4-1. Uh, both of them had the trainer on it simultaneously at one point, which is hard to do at qualifying because they're kind of understaffed. <laughs> be having two trainers on one court. Uh, yeah, Vlachko had trouble with cramping in the end and eventually retired, which was rough to watch. Uh, but yeah, Pashik can make the fourth round here, which would be very classic Tamira Grashik of her. <laughs> and yeah, so top half overall, I guess... Uh, yeah, we'll go, we'll go big picture later, but I think this quarter, do you see someone particularly getting out of this quarter? Because there's a lot of names in there. We just reeled off with confidence. Radvanska, Sibulkova, yeah, no, I, I, a... Like I said before, I mean, I think that the top half of the draw on both the men's and the women's side are loaded with players. I think more so on the women's side yeah. in terms of dangerous players, not just the big names, but, you know, a, a lot of players who are maybe in that, you know, uh, 15 to 50 range in the rankings that just happen to be playing incredibly well at the moment. So it, it's really tough. I mean, it's just going to be down to who, I mean, it sounds so cheesy, but who plays better on that day. But it's going to be, it's a tough, it's a tough section of to, to yeah, really uh, pr- uh, predict, I think. I want to watch, though. Yeah, yeah. From, from a grass court hipster point of view, I would love to see a third round between Pashik and Parankova for, like, oh, be the Wimbledon crown, like the Wimbledon hipster crown. Like, who <laughs> is the true grass queen of them all? Uh, bottom half, Simona Halep is in here. This section is, this quarter is pretty the opposite of the other one in terms of lots of names. It's half. It's half. It's half, yeah, but definitely. But this quarter in particular, I think... All I see in this quarter who strikes me as a really plausible... Well, I only see two players who strike me as plausible semifinalists, and that's Keys and Kerber. Yep. Oh, Pliskova. But, but, uh, Pliskova should be, but her lack of slam success, even though it's, even though I understand that it's still best of three, she's still never made the fourth round of a slam, and she's been seeded to do that so many times. 
Are you sure she hasn't? Never made the fourth round of a slam. I thought she finally broke that duck. No. Oh, okay. That duck is still walking. All right. Quacking away. Yeah. No, I mean, I think, I think, I think Keys. She opens against Wickmeyer, which is tough. I think Keys, Pliskova, and Grass. Keys, Pliskova, um, Kerber, and Halep are the four that you, you look at out of this section. I mean, you just don't know where Halep and Kerber are. Kerber playing one match uh, in Birmingham. Halep coming in, having pulled out of Birmingham with a left Achilles injury. So, hard to say, but, but you know, she's Halep's made the semifinals here before. She we did. know how good she can be. And she has a soft section. I mean, she can make it out of there fairly easily. The biggest test for her, if she is able to get through that first week, is Madison Keys. And then once she gets past that, I think that she's actually pretty good to make the semifinals um but uh and i would say the same with like an angelique kerber i mean if she can get on a bit of a roll it's a soft section these are if these players are playing well they get through i just don't know if they're playing well or not yeah and Bur- burton's is the other one burton's we don't know about burton's other first round to watch kerber's been playing well so laura rocks another Brit who got hosed by the draw yep. getting kerber first round yeah i think it's come and the other one who has a good draw if you discount let's go at a slam which you choose if you want if you think mm-hmm. it makes sense to you or not uh, we'll see if Anovich can. Things can break her way here. I think they can. I think okay. she. I think she can break her way into a quarter. That said, she could. Uh, she's not going to lose to Alexandrova. So I was going to. I was going to say. Could. I saw Alexandrova. She like I don't. Grass. She never has. She's never enjoyed it. Doesn't like playing on it. Doesn't feel comfortable on it. You were just talking about making a semi. She's made a semi here. And she doesn't like it. I know she doesn't like it. But I'm saying that does that does go into it. I mean, it even goes into when we st- when we talk about Muguruza later, like. How much do we do we have that bias of you have a good result, so we just think that you're going to keep replicating that result? I guess, but Serena said she doesn't like grass. Do, but sure. we're not discounting Serena. Sure. Well, she doesn't like it, but, like, there's a difference between not liking it and not feeling comfortable on it. Okay. Like, Ivanovich has told me before that, like, the, her issue with grass is that she likes building points. She likes playing points. Grass does not allow her to be, get into rhythm. It doesn't allow anybody to get into rhythm because the sh- points are so short. So it's difficult for her to, to, to reach a level where she's she's able to sustain that match after match after match because in match, the matches just roll past her very, very quickly. So I'm just saying. I mean, I would love to see, obviously, Anna make a deep run. I'm just not confident of it as of yet. Bottom quarter. Fourth quarter headlined uh, by two very respectable players on grass for sure. Last year's finalists, Garbina Muguruza and Venus Williams are the tie two high seeds here. Start with Venus. I think her eighth is very dreamy. Yep. I think she hasn't made a quarterfinal here in a long time, actually. I'm trying to think. It probably would not since she made the final in 09, I guess. Thinking, I think that's right off the top of my head. Uh, she's just had run into whatever landmines she's had here. Or quarterfinal, and she made quarterfinal. No, that's right. No, she lost a quarterfinal into Peronkova the first time she lost Peronkova. That was 2010. Anyhow, Venus, uh, good draw for her. Opens against Vekic, then Sasai Jenger, Maria Sakari. Kasakina is her seed. Also, shout out to Victoria Duval, who's back in the golf for the first time in yep. a while. This was the tournament two years ago where she found out about her cancer diagnosis during qualifying. Uh, so it's her first and time. Still qualified. And still qualified, which is it amazing. It was just an incredible. That's story. amazing. The, the the mental and no one knew. We I saw her. I talked. Remember talking yeah. to her here, and she wasn't saying anything about it, but she did to play as well as she did with all that weight on her shoulders. Uh, it's really incredible. So good to see her back. I mean, Victoria Duval could get a win here at Wimbledon as she does play Daria Kazakina who just played her first uh, grass court pro level match uh, last week in Eastbourne took uh, Yelena Ostapenko to three sets before losing and you could definitely see that Kazakina was a bit uh, uncomfortable on the stuff didn't really know how to play her game on it so who knows yeah no I think for sure uh, its bottom section has Garbinia Muguruza uh, with one of the toughest first, first round matches, a nightmare draw for her in terms of openers, in terms of wild cards. 
uh, Camilla Georgie. Georgie's had some rough luck with draws also because she drew Serena. She, has. she drew Serena first round in, in Australia, now Garbinier. But yeah, so Muguruza uh, has, a, I think, a tough draw potentially in the third round against whoever wins this tough and awkward doubles partner first round between Safarova and Bethany Max Sands. Bethany's done well at Wimbledon before. Lucy's obviously made semis here and is playing better this year and had a tough loss to Stoser in Paris, but was playing pretty decently at that tournament. So I'm higher on Lucy than I was earlier in the year. Uh, speaking of Stoser, she's in there with Vasicki. But I think I think it's going to be Garbina and Venus in the quarters, and I don't see a whole lot getting in the way of that. Minus Georgie going nuts first round, which can happen. Yeah, I think Camilla Georgie is the big the big stumbling block for Garbina Muguruza, not just to get to the quarters, but just to get to the semis. I think this is a really good path for her, a very, great, a very good draw for her to make through, and arguably, really, the perfect draw for her to make it another final. Yeah, um, I would agree with these that. Are, these are all beatable players for her. The players that are the biggest threats are the ones who... Uh, are going to have to to kind of fight themselves to get through to 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 live up to their seeds. Talking about a Venus Williams, talking about a Pliskova, a, a Madison Keys, a Simona Halep. Those are the names that I'm looking at as being the biggest biggest threats. Outside of that, you know, Lucy Safarova, her potential Magruza's potential third round opponent, still trying to get back into form, oh, still sure. not playing the best uh, that she can. So that's you know that's a question mark there. Sam Stozer, not great on grass, has never made it past the no. third round here. Uh, Carlos Suarez Navarro also. Not a grass court player, so it's a, it's a, it's a soft section for Garbina Muguruza. She just has to, you know. The biggest question is how much is there going to be a Paris hangover, and that's where that's up to her. And and we don't know. WTA and, and, precedent shows the first time slammers had right. tough times backing it up immediately. Right, and so that's yeah. going to be the big test. Is and maybe that's a good thing is to get Georgie and to have to kind of like, you know, get up for it. But that's that's tough. I mean, she did lose to Flipkins. Uh, did Garbina Muguruza in Mallorca in the first round yeah. match. So, you know, didn't look comfortable out there at all, and understandably so. But that's the biggest thing is that this is a really big opportunity for Garbina um, to just basically defend her points at the final. I don't know if she'll win the whole title here, but to at least defend she can. them. She can. Yeah, absolutely she can. The final, she absolutely, absolutely can. can. Yeah. But if she were to defend her points here, that sets up an absolute chase for the number one ranking in the summer um, because that's when she did nothing. Yeah. Uh, and Serena kind of kept winning. So that's going to be a big point flip. Whereas here, they're both kind of defending a, a bunch uh, of points. Yeah. So there's not a ton of movement. No, for sure. Uh, you mentioned Flipkins. I, we didn't mention her before, but she, I think it's a possible roadblock for Keys, or stumbling block yeah. for Keys in the second round. She loves grass. Uh, Keys does too, but she'll throw a lot and of weird looks at her. Yeah, exactly. she has that game that Madison will drive Maddie nuts. Yeah, and the other one, the other grass player we didn't mention is Lasicki, who is in the section with Stoser. Uh, and and is so not playing well. Not playing well at all. But grass, she's always looked better here than she does the rest of the year. So depending on how big the Wimbledon boost is for Sabine, it'll be pretty big. So that's the women's draw. Uh, overall, you think... Uh, Masuki has somebody good in the first round. Shelby Rogers. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, she's never doesn't have any grass. No, for we'll sure. We'll see. But that's, that's, interesting first, that's, interesting that's an interesting one. Round. Yeah, for sure. Talk about no rallies. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right. So this draw overall, Serena, you like or you think that... We take this, Serena versus the field, let's put it that way. Mm-hmm. Who do you take? Serena. I, it's close. I know. It's very, very close. Yeah. It, you should leave in my long pause. I will uh, leave in the that long was, pause. Uh, no, and I will show my work here. Um, I'm going to take Serena over the field simply because I think that in Paris, I think that she would have been the one to take home that title if not for the rain delays, if not for the schedule getting stacked the way that it did and kind of having to do a little bit more physically, the back-to-back-to-backs and things like that. She wasn't playing great, but but she was right there in a, in a lot of ways. And so I think here I am anticipating less of a schedule muck-up 
I'm anticipating. It has to be less. Yeah, yeah. that's true. It's not possible to be more. Um, but kind of a more traditional tournament on a surface that absolutely rewards her for her weapons as opposed to clay where she doesn't. Um, so if her serve is cranking, which is a big question because I don't think that Serena's actually has been serving all that great this year. That's um, true. So I think that if her serve is cranking, if she can get that going, then she's all right. If not, uh, you know, it, it's going to be difficult. But it, it's really close, as we said. I, I'm going to pick Serena because of my rule that I never bet against Serena. But it's like a 51-49er. Yeah, I think that's pretty much right. I'll go the same way, I think. I think I see Serena beating the winner of the Gruza Venus in the final. And a, Serena, oh, wow. okay. and a Serena Venus final would be awesome. Or maybe Keys. I'll throw Keys in there as a third pick. I don't sure. have a, I'm not confident in this bottom half. I think it's, but those are the three players I see being relevant in it. I still think Kerber and Halep could do something. I just, I, it's just going to be. I don't with Halep. I'll say that. I don't think Halep can do anything How dare here. you. I know. Sorry. <laughs> and with that, we'll wrap up the show. Thank you guys very much for listening to the Wimbledon Draw preview this time on NCR. If you want to follow along with NCR when you're not listening to us directly or while you're doing it, if you want to just multitask through all your sensory uh, inputs NCR, you can follow us on Twitter at NCR underscore, like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash NCR podcast. You can also send us emails and questions for upcoming shows. We'll do some Wimbledon shows yep. on the way. We'll get some content for you there. That'll be cool. Uh, no challenges remaining at gmail.com is the question for, is the, is the email to send your questions, complaints, whatever. Uh, uh, subscribe to the show on iTunes and other podcast app and leave us reviews on iTunes. We like those. The executive producers of No Challenges Remaining are Hansha Resendez of TennisBalls.com and Tao Woolley. Courtney, you wanna, you want, do you have any feelings, rants? Do you want This is a mini show. We, we don't usually do on draw shows. I don't know if you have thoughts on, on the Brexit situation. Oh, I have so many thoughts. I don't know <laughs> if I need to air them out. Yeah. I think everybody pretty much who follows me on Twitter knows what my thoughts are. Um, I think it's an, uh, I think it's an incredible, I, I woke up sad. And that what I wrote, what I wrote on my Facebook page to my friends before Brexit was like one of my favorite pastimes favorite pastimes is making fun of britain and british people i just it, it, it's enjoyable to me you can and i've tell always really show, we'd, yeah we'd like to, we'd like to make fun of the brits it's just fun and what i wrote to my friends on facebook is like if brexit goes through i will not be able to make those jokes anymore because i will feel genuinely sad and feel sorry for britain and for the british and it's precisely what has happened. I don't have Brexit jokes. If you've followed me, I haven't been cracking jokes, but I don't have jokes on this. It's just an incredibly disappointing result and a scary, scary statement on, on I think, this country right now and the state of this country right now. I say the world. And, and the world. And because obviously this is not an isolated thing. We've seen, you know, uh, strains of this in the U.S. We're dealing with it, you know, as we're in the midst of uh, uh, a presidential election and, and Trump versus Clinton. But... Um, yeah, it, it just was really, really heartbreaking to see that Britain just doesn't want to be a part of the world. Like, that's what it's it's saying. It's like, we do not want to be a part of this cosmopolitan, globalized world, and uh, we want to be just us. And, and I understand and that, and the arguments about, you know, uh, um, federalism and wanting to take back control. Sovereignty. But, yeah. yeah, but you don't, you don't, if you have issues, you don't take up your basketball and go home. That's not an adult reaction to a problem. I mean, we just, and I think for us, the two of us particularly, and it's not surprising that almost all the British people I know, and I know most British people I know through tennis, that they, because we are in this global sport, that I haven't met anybody who has articulated or not, or even said they were like a lead person. And I they're, did. And they're out there. I okay. did one okay. today. Okay. Who talked to me about it? One of our colleagues in the press room. I'm not going to say who. Um, and the argument was federalism. That's fine. I mean, and, and I, my response was, 
I can be a Republican, a registered Republican, and believe in uh, small government and, uh, you know, all of the very traditional, uh, you know, bases for being a, a classical Republican, as they call it. Um, and then once I realize that this party that I'm a member of is supporting xenophobic, racist, you know, bigoted uh, positions and platforms, especially with respect to social issues, I can choose, like, then continuing to vote just because of my little thing about being about small government, it seems like a really stupid vote. I'm sorry. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Because I'm, that's not what that's not what the movement stands for anymore. And that's the thing with the leave thing. It's like everybody keeps telling me, oh, it got hijacked into this whole racist thing. It's like, yeah, but then you don't vote for it. That's one way to <laughs> look at that, it for sure. Because everybody else is voting for it for that particular reason. You can sit here on your in your ivory tower and you can say, I'm voting for it for all these fo- the following intellectual reasons. But that is not what this thing uh, uh, represents and that is not how the world is now seeing the country and I love Britain and I always have and I have always been an incredible Anglophile and I think that that probably underscores yeah. a little bit my kind of heartbreak over I, this it was just I, I talked to a lot of British young British people who I'm friends with here who have been yeah similarly heartbroken about it and just very surprised and and, I, and we both spend about a month a year here every year uh, in Britain and the tennis and so we enjoy it. it was just it was just surreal I did stay up and watch the whole thing on TV uh, till 4, 30, or 5 a.m., which apparently Andy Murray did, too, even though he didn't want to talk about his uh, position, which is smart. Uh, or not Same smart. Same with he, Joe Conta. He, he, he could have talked about it if he wanted Joe to. Joe Conta was like, as for what I think of it, I think that's best left for the dinner table. <laughs> <laughs> she, was so, she was so amazing about it. I kind of loved it. So with that, just it was, I, I, it's was, it was very, felt very momentous being here in this big news, very, you know, very history textbook in the future kind of day. And, yeah, hopefully... Whatever, whatever happens with Britain, hopefully it goes well. We're rooting for them. I just feel like it just got unnecessarily harder. Yeah. So with it's that. be Struggle Bunny for a while. Struggle Bunny Britain. Oh. And with that. We Britain. We'll see you later. Bye, guys. Cheerio. Bye. Gotta say it. Mm-hmm.